To me, my podcast listeners, welcome to the first installment of the Dom of X show. I am your host, Professor Dom Torres, and here at my side is the amazing comic book creator, comic book writer, and my awesome friend, Dylan Michael Gray. How are you doing today, sir? I am I am doing great. It's so awesome to be here. It's so awesome to be able to talk to you about this stuff. You know, when you first said, like, Dylan, let's 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 get some comic books. Let's read them and then let's review them. I'm like, all right, bro, we better come with something good. And then a year later, here he is. He's like, boom, you got to read this Hickman stuff. And I was like, Hickman, what's he doing? He's he's doing X-Men, right? He's like, you need to read it. All right. I'll never forget that because you were a hardcore DC guy, bro. You were a hardcore DC guy. Right. And, and, and that's the funny part because I have been reading and watching DC comics stuff, just mainly DC, like the only Marvel I was exposed to were the MCU movies. And that, that was pretty much it you know, for, for the last 10 years, since 2010, 2009, 2011. And lo and behold, DC is sort of floundering with their You Are the Villain stuff. And then I see House of X number one at the local comic book store bookshelf. And I was like, what the heck is this? I, I bought the cover. I bought two of the covers. I got the regular and I got the Mark Brooks ones from, from the comic shop. I was just blown away. And, and Marvel has snagged me since. Like, I've never looked back after that. It was so magical, so just astounding that, like, in a comic book, like, this is what I can get. It was astonishing, if I may. Uncanny, even. Um, age. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but yeah and i'm i was so glad because you know i'm I'm a very well-read guy uh i've read lots of things indie comic books uh dc and marvel is deep and i always tried to get you to come over i was like you got to read this you got to read that you got to read this and you're like "Ah, i don't know there's just nothing there to dip my toe into you know you're just so teen titans about you you know what i'm saying not i'm not hating i'm not hating that was just i remember you got so mad when i did i said beast boy is garbage and you're like what and I got, no, I, I got that. so upset by that. But yeah, it's... You did. Well, you hardcore shit. Like, I didn't even know there was a shipping community online. Okay. By the way, guys, a little backstory. I work at a comic book shop, and Dom is a patron there. So that's how we met in the first place. And the first time I met him, I roasted him on Beast Boy. I had to. It's true. It was the first day. It was like the first week of the new year. Like you And you were the new reg, and I was like, all right, let me see how this girl goes, and... He literally just roasted my my butt on 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 literally everything that he, that he could push. I was like, "Oh, I like this." He's like, "Oh, you really like that?" But no, we became you know close friends after, and now we're doing this podcast. And yeah, it's it's all X lore. It's it's what I'm reading for for almost all of my poll. And yeah, again, I haven't looked back since House of X number one, which is you know, saying something. Like we're it's it's crazy, like. The, the amount of just the material that, that Hickman and everyone else has just given, especially in these six issues that we're going to cover today, guys, it's just it's just flat out powerful, awe-inspiring, shocking. I can I can literally list a whole bunch more of adjectives, but that that's exactly what I felt. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy. It's good. it's so so well done. Like how they do everything, and I remember I read the first issue of House. Of powers, no House of Powers. House of House Powers. Of Sorry, <laughs> House of Powers. The first episode. No. Uh, so the first issue, and I I read it, and I instantly was like, okay, so I need a hardcover of this. That's obviously going to happen. And so I waited. I actually just waited for I don't know. When, how long did it take? Like months. It was like a solid like five six months before I was actually able. And everyone's talking about it. Everyone's reading the new series that came that sprouted from it. I'm like, I'm waiting for my hardcover. I'm gonna do this right. And I and Dom's like, as soon as you read that, we're doing it. We're gonna review it on a podcast. And I was like, okay, we'll we'll see, bro. Whatever. And then I read it and I was like, yes, let's do that. And that's and you're right, man. Just the way it's put together, the the big picture ideas that they've never been done. Nothing like this has ever been done in a reboot. And you can't even really call it a reboot, can you? No, it's it's just again, it's just amazing with the, the level and of the intricacy of how Jonathan and again everyone else is just pretty much doing it. And it's sprouting guys from these two 
series that intertwine and are connect with each other to tell one grandiose story. And with that, we are going to be covering House of X and Powers of Ten, issues one through three for the both today, with the story, of course, by the head of X, Jonathan Hickman, interiors by the amazing Pepe Larraz and the awe-inspiring R.B. Silva, additional inking by Adriano Di Benet, uh, Benedetto, uh, colors by Marta Garcia, lettering by Clayton Cowles, designing by Tom Mueller, and senior editing by Jordan D. White. It's crazy because like I remember reading the first issue like I I actually put off my my DC pull aside I was like these are you're the villain tie-ins gonna wait let me get to the meat and and need of what and again like and just as a reference guys like I am a near brand new reader as again as far as Marvel comics go like this is my first time sort of experiencing the X lore and and who these. Actually, like, you know, I know who Professor X is. I know who Wolverine is, Cyclops, like, Magneto. Like, these guys, I've, I've known them for years because, you know, they're big names and, and they're big Marvel characters. But, man, like, when Magneto shows himself and, and his power just over the, the Orcus members in the first issue, you just go, like, what the heck? Like, this guy is just, he just dominates the room. It's it's flat out awesome. Yeah, no, and I'm very well read. Okay, in in X Men, you know, um, do I read? Did I read like a ton of the older stuff? Not really. Uh, mostly the the newer like two thousands kind of stuff. The the Miller run, uh, the uh, of Ultimate X Men, the um, got astonishing X Men by yep. Whedon, uh, the whole X Factor run by Peter David. Uh, the newer stuff post House of M, uh, nothing pre House of M, even though I do own, own some, uh, he created one of my favorite characters of all time, random, awesome X-Men. He could turn his arm to a cannon. I mean, what, what else, what else do you need? Like what, what else are you going to do? You know? Anyways. Um, yeah. And just <laughs> Magneto is just, God, he's just got this way about him. He's just such a, such a badass, you know? You can't like... When you see Magneto and guys like what what happens in the first issue is essentially you've got a whole bunch of ambassadors who get this telepathic message from Professor X talking about this new nation state, these drugs and everything that Krakoa right is offering. Suddenly Magneto enters a room with two of the Stepford Cuckoos and oh my gosh, the way he lectures, the way he taunts and the way he essentially lambasts the the ambassadors is just, again, on a level of, again, pure dominance. When you're in a room with this guy, you do not want to mess with him. It's clear that I think Hickman gets the character and the grandiose, I think, of what Magneto stands for and how he's supposed to, like, you know, showing himself in the room. And, and obviously it's in full display here in, in the first issue alone. It's amazing. Yeah, no, well, they've set up a really solid kind of foundation before they're coming out there. He's just not coming in there, you know, very cocky and everything. It's That's confidence that's behind him because he he's, they, he's won. They finally have their own place. They finally have a chance to be seen as their own people in their own country and just be able to live because that's what it's all about. They just want to be left alone, you know. They are better than humans. Why are they ha constantly having to fight for them just to live, you know? They're constantly being hunted they're always on the run they always feel nothing but hate you know from humans it's it's a shitty situation and they're, they're not going to take that crap anymore you know and i love that he really like came through and just he's just like no we're here we're playing your game we're gonna beat you at it all right and <laughs> we got powers so why don't you chill right and, and again just the lecturing of him saying yeah there's never been a mutant war, Mr. Ambassador. We have a real advantage. We've got Krakoa. We have the offer. We have the drugs. And we'll, we'll get into it once once we move on. Magneto is just, again, it's what he's dreamed of, I think, since his inception in 1961 and how he's progressed as a character since, where he doesn't believe that mutant-human relationships are in coexistence that it, it, it can't survive like it can't it can't happen because they're just too completely different and, and now again like because they're on a united front 
he finally gets to place his own beliefs and push it forward in a way that he's not going to be opposed. Like, it's, it's, it's good for him. I think it's great for people who love Magia and, and believe in what well, he believes. It's, I mean, yeah, just the raw power and, and the dominance of what Magneto brings to the table and against all of these, all of these characters. It's, it's awesome. Like, you, you just can't help but have fun reading Magneto owning a room, like, ever. Oh my god, it's awesome. And in and in such a way that he's never ever ever been able to kind of uh have, you know? Like he he he's with there with he's there with Charles and he's he's finally at a he's working with Charles Xavier. Like he's always said since the beginning, like if we work together, we could do this. Like we can really make change, but they've never been able to find a medium a medium ground like ever. Magneto is too like I'm not gonna get pushed over. I was in World War II. I was in the camps. I'm not gonna get rolled over on. That's how you get rolled over on. And Charles is like, no man, it's all good. Like we can just show them that we're good, and they'll 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 see that for what it's up. But time and time again, and this goes back thousands of years. You know, Apocalypse even talks about it. Like humans just can't seem to get along with mutants. And um, what is it? Is it fear? Is it jealousy? Is it what? What can it be? You know. Right, the dominance I think of the or the overall theme of hate, uh, fear, and hated and feared. Right, it's a, it's an overall theme of X Men that's it's had since the nineteen sixties when they were introduced and when Claremont got onto the run later in the, the mid seventies, um, it, it became the selling point. Right, what do these group of people who are different? How do how do people treat them? What's the overall situation like between everyone? Right. I think what Magneto is, and, and this is, I think, a strength of Jonathan Hickman in terms of writing sympathetic antagonists. He's, you guys sort of, he sort of did it with Doctor Doom in Fantastic Four and Secret Wars. Now he's able to do it with Magneto. It's just, I think, an overall strength of him showing the re new readers what Magneto's like, what he believes in, and just how he reacts to overall situations, you know, around him, and. And yeah, just again, the room and how he's able to use his presence to force his beliefs onto other people while making it, again, an enjoyable read. Like you enjoy, you enjoy it when Magneto pulls the ambassador like in thin air and dis disarms the gun. Just in, like, it, it, like that's awesome. And One hand. With one hand, you know? And he could have done so much worse. He could have just had the cuck cuckoos just completely wipe their brain. Like, goodbye, done, you're, you're stupid now, you know, they could have done, he could have done so much worse, and he's showing restraint, you know, he's, 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 because that's, that's where, and that's the Charles Xavier kind of influence I always like to believe in that situation, because before he would be like, you brought a gun, like, you're dead, goodbye, like, this is supposed to be diplomatic, like, but no, but now that they're building something, now that they can actually do this, he's got to be more political about it. And yeah, again, the, the politics of just how Magneto is able to, again, uh, coordinate what he believes in with him. Again, it's, it's all, it's all great stuff. And speaking of Professor X and, and their overall relationship, uh, and just, just Professor X alone, like I love the introduction, it, it, just the first two, three pages right, at the beginning of House of X, where we're set in Krakoa, this new place, this lush uh, garden. Uh, or whatever it looks like, uh, and you have a lot of bodies we do, which we don't know yet. We're, we're not uh, introduced, or we're not given any speculation as to who these people are. And Xavier, just overall, like domineering, like to me, my X Men. <laughs> Man, like what? I, just a what a way to start off. Like you're set in this new world. It's overall, man. The art's beautiful. Like everything about. I think that those two pages were awesome. Like were great. Yes, no. I mean, what pages aren't great in this whole thing? Like, they're just so well done. And everyone's from from their the way they do the anatomy to, to Xavier's, like, weird walk, you know, like, throughout the whole thing. Like, there's just, like, this really cool vibe about all these characters. They're, it's like their chin is held, like, high for once, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
They get they're like they're they're powers. They're strong. They know what they are capable of. They've saved the Earth from thousands of terrible extraterrestrial attacks all the time. But they kind of have like a like a psychological thing where they kind of keep their heads down. But now chins are high. Their 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 backs are straight. They're walking around it with being proud and being who they are, which are mutants, and they're not going to sit around anymore. And God, you could feel that and see that in the art, which is just makes it such a good read. Like I love the pages where we get introduced to Jean Grey as she's leading her band of students out to the island as they're going through the gateway. Guys, like right now. We have it set up where Krakoa, the new mutant nation state, the living island, uh, it's, you enter it through these gateways where mutants plant them at separate parts in the world and in the universe even. Like they're going on Mars, they're going on all these different planets and worlds and it's just flat out awesome. But I love the scene where Jean gets on the island, she's introducing Fauna to the new place and... And I, I, I'm the little girl when she's just like, whoa, like, this place is awesome. There's trees. Yeah. There's waterfalls. Beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so lush and green. Like, who wouldn't want to live here? It's, it's a founding statement to the mutants finally getting a place of their own to live and to thrive. But just also on the fact that we're, we're like, we can relax. I can be me. No one's going to persecute me for being different or for having different powers or being green or being blue or having weird mind powers. You finally get to be who you are. And that, I think, is the most resound, one of the most resounding effects of what House of X and Powers of Ten with, with Jonathan Hickman and how he's been able to interweave that. It's letting everyone have their own space to express themselves. And it's just, it's just awesome. Yeah, it's a place where someone like Glob could get laid, you know? <laughs> it's so true, man. You know? Ah. And and it's it's a beautiful, and it's really beautiful, and I love the way that it's been done. Because have we seen this before? Yes, there's there's Asteroid M, there's, there's uh, Genosha. You know, they've done this before, and it's always in terribly. But this time, this time everything's different. This time they are literally... Having living on a mutant island, it's crazy. It, like yeah, man. Like it is just insane to me with what they are just again just weaving like this grand island where we have all of these different facilities and lands, and it's yeah, it's 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 just beautiful. Like you again, you read the pages and you look at just how lush and domineering all the fauna is on. On the side, it's yeah, it's it's so beautiful. Uh, I and I have to say, man, like we we get some we get some pretty heated trouble early on. We get two, we are introduced to, I guess, two new villains. But the first one is some of our good old mutant pals, Mystique and Sabretooth. Mystique, of course, the famed blue ship shapeshifter. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, of course, played her in the movies. Uh, I, I love, a lot of fans love her again for being this snarky, sassy sort of. Oh yeah, she's she's Mystique, and we got yeah Sabretooth, who is the longtime arch enemy and arch nemesis of the Wolverine, and they're over here uh, trying. Well, they're trying to get some some files, I do believe, and yeah, they're on their way. They're out, and Sabretooth's balling everybody. It's pretty slick, but hey, like, we get we get introduced to them in the first issue of House of X number one, and yeah, awesome fight scenes, by the way. Like we have guys, we have besides these two, um, the F four come in, and my favorite mutant comes in. But Dilla, what do you have to say about Mystique and Sabretooth's introduction to House of X and what the overall storyline here is? Well, I, I'm first of all going to call out your young ass on on referencing um, Jennifer Lawrence and not Rebecca Romain Stamos. Okay, first of all, or I guess no, I guess she's just Rebecca Romain now. Okay, so I'll let that slide, youngin. Okay, all right. But uh, I are you kidding me? That's the that's the team. That's the bad guys. That's the mutant brotherhood, and I'm seeing them in a really cool way. And here, ah oh, man. See, Hickman is so good at his character design ideas. You know what I'm saying? 
he uh, he makes it so so like a hint of nostalgia about being something brand new, you know, or it's completely white. It's one of the. It's like that. It's like really well designed and like updated, or just hello. It's just the same thing, but white. Um, but yeah, no. Um, he's he's great though. Um, uh, and and Sabretooth's design. It's just so he looks so, so like I don't know, sleek. It's it seems like how it's a very really clean and fit. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. pretty awesome. I. And yeah, the F four guys they come in to the rescue. Sue's got a hold of of Victor, and it's it's pretty awesome stuff. Reminds me of the olden days when Hickman wrote F four. And if you guys have not read Hickman F four, please go read it. It is a beautiful, awe inspiring run, uh, just just like the one we're having with X Men. Uh, but man, like speaking of costumes, this is honestly. My favorite Cy- Cyclops guys is my favorite character. I love Scott Summers. Not as Dylan respects him, okay, but I love him. I I want. You do. I-, I love. I love. You really Scott. do. I really love him, guys. And and I don't have to. Yeah. I have to say, the blue, the the new design for him. I love it. <laughs> he's coming over here and he's coming out of the gateway, and <laughs> he's just like, oh hey. The Richards are here, and Ben, he's he's congratulating Ben on getting married. Great reference to uh, his and Alicia's wedding uh, in slot F4. Uh, hey, like, he's... But yeah, and, and they're talking about amnesty. And this, is this I think, the mo- is the most important part, because Cyclops is clearly on Professor X's side of, yeah, we're a new, you're a new mutant powerhouse state now. We need Sabretooth. He's ours. He's not yours. Uh, and, and you know, new beginnings demand a new birth, and and from all of that, it's a pretty powerful meeting between uh, both of the teams here in this first issue. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I mean, of course, he was going to bring in the Fantastic Four. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, he wrote them for so long. I'm surprised we didn't we haven't seen the Avengers yet. You know. Oh, and I, I guarantee you, man, like with the way that Hickman's bringing everything in, it's going to end up in something grandiose that brings not only the X-Men in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His endings are always big. So, yeah, I'm anticipating something Secret Wars-like or even better once the end of his run comes. When we're a long way from that, uh, this run is... We <laughs> are. I mean, we... Just, and, but just everything. Like, uh, I'm so excited to see what he's done because he's, he's, he's literally rewriting the book. You know, he could do anything now and everything and still give us the same stuff that we grew up liking. You know what I'm saying? Are we going to see alien attacks? Are we going to see, you know... Um, Expect the unexpected I, I with Jonathan uh, Hickman, man. Like, that is... Exactly. Are we just going to get... I, are we going to get Phoenix? That's the question. Hopefully not. You know, you know what? That's one of the reasons why I always... And he gets on me for dumb. Gets on me for this, but I'm not a big fan of Jean Grey. All right, I, 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 I reach, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because, and it's not her fault. I do not blame her. I blame the writers. Okay, so Hickman has to do a really good job to get me to care. All right, because I, I ship. Okay. No, 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 no. You are, we're not going on. We are not going on with this. We are doing that. No, this is happening right now. Okay. This is, I. I am telling you, I am telling you, sir, that it's they are a better couple, and here's why: he's the Boy Scout, she's the bad girl. They complete each other. She. This is the exact reason they can't person. work in any single situation. That's exactly, you just proved exactly my point. No no, 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 no. You just see, it's it's about yin and yang, bro. It's it's a beautiful balance, and they come out. You're of You're probably it one of those Charles Eric shippers, Dylan. I get like, if you, if that's gonna be. If, if I that's am gonna definitely the, not okay. Uh-huh. Oh my god, Charles and sure, bro. Okay, Magneto shouldn't be with anybody. All right, he's, uh-huh. he's old. He's old as shit. He can't probably exactly. Get, Xavier's old as crap too, so they complete each other as well. Yeah. Oh my god. It's not, it's not a basis to be with someone just because you're old and can't get it up, all right? Oh, my God. Here we go. Okay, we got way off the beaten path here. We did. But we did, line, but guys. Bottom line. Bottom awesome. line. Let's, let's talk about let's talk about these, this thing that happens in space. I know it sounds crazy, X-Men going into space for something, uh, but that's what happens in this, in this, uh, in this run, right? Oh, man. And we got, 
Yeah, we got it. We got literally a whole bunch of stuff. And speaking of space, guys, the second new villain that is introduced to us in House of X and Powers of Ten is the organization Orcus. Orcus is essentially, if if you want the sweet, straight, true answer, they're they're just a bigoted organization that wants to see the end of bones. Okay, like, I don't even have the shirt. It's, just, it's not even, like, there is a full two-page infographic about what the details are, who's in it, how it's all structured, which is cool. But literally, I, yeah. again, I could just I could just sum it up and say, they, they're just a bunch of stinky humans who hate mutants and want to see them die. Oh, right? that's, it's just as Definitely. simple as that. Right. And, and I'd like to bring up, too, I'd like to bring up, too, while, we, while you mention it, the infographics in this thing are really awesome. I mean, sometimes they can mess up the storytelling. But they're so freaking informative, and I want to read them all, you know? Right, I think, because that's, I think, a thing that Hickman sort of has done. Since Nightly News came out, I want to say in 2006, 2007, where he'll put infographics to help enhance the story. Because, you know, you don't... Because, see, I know that for you it's different, but for me, like, I'm paying 3 4 $5 for these comic books and single issues. And as cool as it is to, I guess, be done with, like, 5 and 10 minutes... I sort of want something more. And and the fact that they got Tom Mueller, who does, again, the most amazing designs. His stuff is awesome, guys. Go check him out. Uh, yes. Like, it's it just, I think it adds, like, a level of, of, of storytelling and world building. With it, like, you look at some of the infographics where they talk about Omega-level mutants. And who is an Omega-level mutant, for example, right? Like, and they're informative. They're, they're clear-cut. And it's clear what Jonathan is doing as far as laying the groundwork for, for stuff to come in the future. I, I think that's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what he does. Like, anything and everything's on the table. Like, even while reading this, I have, like, no idea where it's going to go. It's like, what's going to happen? Anything and everything can happen. <laughs> Where's it going to go next, you know? It's... Hickman is, is, is so brilliant with the way he's running everything here. Speaking of the way that we're running, uh, guys, again, these two series, House of X and Powers of Tenderness 1, House of X is, of course, the sort of the, like a play on words, like House of M back with Brian Michael Bendis, which we will cover on this podcast. Uh, it's, you know, that being House of Magneto, this one being the House of Xavier. This is Xavier's grand plan. This is what Xavier wants to do with mutants. Powers of Ten is a series that runs in co- coordinates with it, where each sort of uh, time in the story builds on top of one another. It's a reference to a 77 documentary where increments of 10 are being added to each story, and each story builds upon each other. And it all plays out in the end as, again, a grand story that builds along with each other in both series run. And in Powers of Ten... Number one, we're introduced to an old friend uh, of Xavier's, I guess, former love interest, if you want to call her that. Mara McTaggart comes in for the first time in Hickman's X-Men. And, hey, like, young Charles, who's this, you know, young, he's he's looking at life, he's looking high, he has a dream of his place and his world in it. And, yeah, it's crazy. Like, she's talking in riddle. I, I think it's a really powerful way to introduce to her as well. Like, I thought the introduction with her in Powers of Ten was awesome. Yes, yes. And Moira. Moira actually having powers is really cool. You know, finally. You know, they've kind of like, I don't think they've ever really given her anything. They might have given her, like, maybe temporary powers and some random issue sometime. But she's always just been there as... As a ally to the mutants, you know, um, always wanting to help, always wanting to do everything she can, you know, and and it was all I always I always appreciate that of her, you know. And yeah, like now the fact that she's actually and and guys, the the big reveal is that she just like everyone on Krakoa is a mutant, so she has the X gene, the same X gene that holds Logan, Rogue, Gambit, Storm, Beast, all these characters together. She has that as well. And the and the most interesting part about her is that in House of X number two we find out that she can reincarnate among, among multiple timelines, which yes. is crazy. So I love what I love this in the fact that we've had such a convoluted 
X-Men timeline for so long. And I think that's part of why a lot of people have just avoided reading X-Men. Because there's just so much convolution within the series. And some people don't want to tackle this because it's too weird. Or it's too long or it's too lengthy. Now it's... This is what happens here. This is what happens there. And it's all because this one uh, woman is able to restructure the timeline at literally her life. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and I like the whole aspect where she's like explaining what it's like to be reborn and you know, like you can't be too smart, but you can't be too dumb. Like you have to kind of like progress at a certain like speed so like your parents don't think you're like some crazy weird thing, you know, you got to make sure that you're a normal kid, you know. But you get a chance to redo everything, you know? Right. I don't know why I just said you know a bunch of times, but that's just what was coming out, you know? You know, like, we only have... Speaking of the Phoenix reference that you talked earlier before you slammed back with me with what... Or hating one of my fave characters. Phoenix... Oh my god, I told... Oh my god. Up, no, 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 no. Before, before we get into that... Here we go. Okay, there is only Here one Phoenix reference. Oh, there's only been one Phoenix reference so far... And Hickman next but it's 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 not Gene dying, it's not this and that. Okay, it's 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 the small one that we got was from I believe in the fourth life of Mara, where it's a it's a it's a reference to Avengers versus X Men when Cyclops, Namor, Colossus, Emma Frost, and Magic were all Phoenix, and that's it. I appreciate the fact. Hope I believe didn't Hope have uh, Phoenix Force? She wasn't part of the Phoenix Five. She wasn't a part of the Phoenix Five, but those five okay. in Avengers X Men were part of the Phoenix Five. Again, like by the way, I, Colossus. Hold on, let's talk about how OP Colossus was. He had the Phoenix Force and the Juggernaut power at the same time. Like that's Captain. They should have changed him from Colossus to Captain OP. Like honestly, and I love Colossus too. Like uh, we are oh such a great both, character. Yeah. Who both doesn't of us like are, Colossus. Yeah. Who doesn't love... I, I think Ruski mutants are just awesome. I, 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 they're they the are. best, okay? We stand Ruski mutants here on this podcast. Like, if we can't ignore Cannon. the Summer's House, we can definitely agree that the Ruski X-Men yes. and X-Villains are awesome, okay? That's a one... Magic, <laughs> uh, Omega Red, and um, those guys with the power suits, the power suit guys, you know what I'm saying? All of them. Like, there's, they're all great. It's, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, like, I think the most, again, the most interesting part about a lot of these moral lives is that we get a glimpse into just the, just the overall, I guess, message of the fact that the X-Men, no matter what they do, no matter what happens, no matter if Charles and Magneto actually might team up, if they decide to stay alone, if Magneto's the one in charge, if both of them die... Or if, even hell, if even if apocalypse, even if when war sides with a with apocalypse, they all lose, and that's the that's the unfortunate stinging part I think about the just the X Men in general. You know, they've never had a shot or a future. I think where everything is normal for them. There's not a world where never. they're not being persecuted. It's all it always ends in a bloodbath in some weird apocalyptic storyline, and. Mm-hmm. And again, that that's what we learn with legitimately every single moral life. It always ends yep. in a mutant loss. Every every time, every time, and it. Goddamn humans, man! They they're just the worst. <laughs> it's it's crazy too, man. Like we, I I love the fact that they replay a lot of the same panels, like with them meeting. At the fair, and it's just again, it's adding to the mystery of what's going on. And why is Charles like this? Why is what is Moira alluding to? It's pretty crazy. Why is he walking all weird. What? Why is he? Why is walking? Period. He's he's not on a wheelchair. And he's yeah. Not... Oh yeah. They never even mentioned. Oh, I guess because he oh, he didn't beef with Magneto, so he never got in the wheelchair. That's what happened. Are you sure right? about that? I, I, I want an actual logistic, like, complete explanation on why Charles... Is, that's, can not all how, this... that's not how Hickman gets down. Hickman's just like, yo, boom, this is this is it now. Just shut up and deal with it. Like, what if you'll there's... get a reason, maybe you won't. Either way, you're going to like it. Like, that's how I feel. He was just like, do we need a reason? Like, no, he's good. You know? I... 
Honestly, man, I, 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 the, the box is open if he wants to say why he's doing it. I, I think that'd be pretty cool, though, if, like, there was an actual reason behind it and there's some, like, sinister uh, something behind the cams and we don't know about it. I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's definitely weird seeing Professor X. Can we talk about that, right? Cerebro and, and him with, like, walking around all wonky, jobbly. It's very weird. I sort of gotten used to it. Like I it, like with the weird black uh, jumpsuit and maybe the helmet. I, I've grown the accustomed helmet. to it. What's he hiding under? What's he hiding under there? You know those those crazy eyebrows probably. <laughs> or maybe he he finally has hair. He he doesn't want to show us. Like who knows? Yeah. <laughs> He's like and there, it's long. It's luxurious hair. You know that's how he can walk. It's actually he still can't walk. His hair is just it's through his clothes and it's actually moving his legs for him he basically got medusa's powers that's what happened that's what that's what's going on so he is now medusa so xavier according to dylan guys isn't inhuman Mm -hmm. all right it's canon canon guys (laughs) they can't go back on canon like that oh my gosh That, that that would be pretty hilarious though if we find out that the inhumans are running krakoa and it's all been a lie and that has never happened but like i'm just thinking about it now and it actually just sounds so you don't know you don't know you don't know this is hickman we're talking about literally that's on the table because everything sir is on the table the hey, simpsons yeah. could show up bro the Simpsons could show up. No, I'm just what, if the, what if the Simpsons show. become mutants and they're allowed on krakoa what if marvel what if disney they have the rights to the Simpsons, right? They do. They do. They own them. What if they bring the Simpsons into the into Earth Six One Six? Bring over me. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, and they become and they're mutants. And, and they're, they're mutants. mutants. And they're mutants. I mean, yeah. there would basically be mutants. Well, hold on. Let's. It's actually canon that there is a like cartoon kind of tune universe that's adjacent to 616 that's actually canon like with slapstick and stuff like that so it's actually not a crazy thing now that we're actually like that was a joke but this actually could happen theoretically um whereas like even the licensing and everything's like behind it all right we might be on to something we're calling it right now within this hickman run we are going to see the simpsons calling it now before the first big event. Before the first big event. No. <laughs> Before the first big event, guys, the Simpsons will be honored 616 on Krakoa. Okay, that's besides the happen. point. Let's let's talk about the... Let's talk about year 100. This Days of Future-esque past. Or the sort of reworking of it. Where we literally have, again, a setup now. Where Charles and, Magnet- Charles and Eric were both wrong. Like... And and it happened. That's I think what I appreciate about stories like that. It's the fact that like these two ideologies of mutants and humans can't coexist, and mutants and humans can coexist. We're both completely wiped aboard because of just the overall lashing that happened. This is an interesting future. I I really again the art by RV Silva is great. But the most important part, I think, for me is just, man, like, we got Apocalypse and his four horsemen. Okay, let's talk about his four horsemen. He has yes. Wolver- he has old man Logan at his side mm-hmm. as a horseman. Yo. Yes. <laughs> he got Cypher. Well, we don't know if it's the same. Okay, hold on. We don't know if it's old man, old man Logan. It could just be an old man Logan. That's a good point. So, yeah, he's got Logan on there. He's got He's like, God damn it, I was on a roll there. <laughs> I, we, we, I, who knows, man? Like, we got... Uh, we Do have you think, Zo- like, hold on. Do, because that looks like a 2099 kind of, like, uh, post-Sentinel kind of universe. Do you think it's actually Old Man Logan, Old Man Logan? I mean, we're talking Ma- M- Miller, Old Man Logan here. That's an interesting question because I would like to actually see... And and we both know that Percy is doing the Wolverine stuff, which is awesome. Uh, I would actually like to see Hickman delve into the actual true origins of of Wolverine, how he came to be in this brand new reworked X Mythos. Like, wouldn't that be cool? 
Wouldn't it be cool to see Logan in like the 1700s or 1800s? Like more is messing with the timelines. He doesn't know what's happening. But overall, right. he's continuing to fight and, and be him and you know, go through all this stuff. The Weapon X, Animantium, blah, blah. Like that would be cool. Like a Hickman 12-issue series of going from, from Logan going from A to point B. That would be awesome. I'd read it. Yeah. You know what? I would read that too. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. I mean, they kind of did stuff with that, with like you know, sixteen oh two or sixteen, yeah, sixteen oh two. That like they've done kind of stuff like that before, where it's back in the past. And there's even a Zemo story, uh, Baron Zemo story, where he travels through time uh, and actually sees all the barons, and he actually finds out that the bar- the modern day Baron De- Zito is actually the reason why the Zito family actually even came to power in the first place. It's pretty dope. Um, Zemo's always kind of a lame character to me. It was always like, oh, he's he's here. Okay, so he lost. Like, Yeah, that's usually him. He's waiting for the shield to hit his face. But this was like a cool little character dive into him, and I kind of liked it. This side story from, uh, I believe it was a Thunderbolt side story, probably pre-Dark Avengers, I'm guessing. Something like that. But yeah, it's I, I really just love a Hickman old man Logan. That That literally sounds... That sounds like something I'd I'd double dip on. Is that's that's just how I am. And and speaking of the year one hundred stuff, I can you can tell that Hickman's having a really fun time writing Nimrod because I think we both know and and Nimrod is not a guy you want to mess with. He literally is immune to almost every single mutant as far as being able to or mutants getting him to get killed or you know get it like tr- destroying him like he can't get destroyed by mutants like he just shapeshifts back he gets his structure back but hickman and he and he does this you know, he does this with sinister he does this with a lot of other characters who don't have personalities let's have fun let's have it let's add <laughs> a humorous side to him you can again you can tell that he's yeah. just ha- having a heck of a time riding riding the dude yes um yeah i mean Hickman definitely put a lot of thought into all of this. I don't think there's any aspect that he didn't have like fully developed coming into this. It's yeah, it's like you can tell that there is something uh, he's got he already had this plan. Like it was like, all right, what do you want to do with Nimrod Jonathan? Uh let's make him cool, let's make him fun, let's have him throw jokes, let's have him make facial expressions. Let's have him just be on a board in this anti mutant crusade and kill and yeah, the the fight scenes again with all of them are pretty much epic. Like on a grand scale, uh, the and the way that the the environment is like all around him and how he's pummeling apocalypse to the ground, just good stuff. It's really it's it's awesome. Uh, and yeah, do I hate the guy? Obviously, yes, because he hates mutants, yeah. and I don't like anyone who hates mutants. But he's That's a very right. very fun. He's a very very fun Nimrod to read. Which is, you know, it's awesome. Definitely, definitely. And you know, I, he's kind of, Hickman's kind of a funny guy. I didn't, I would, you know, I, it was, I had, there were some nice lines there. I wasn't expecting that, you know, cause he's, he's so kind of like big picture minded. Like a lot of these guys like kind of focus on the story and the storytelling and less on the dialogue. If I, you know, they don't need to add these lines because they're just, everything they're doing is just so well, but he, he was pretty funny. He's a funny guy. I want to also speak to that as far as storytelling is concerned because there are I think that people have a tendency to lean towards the creators who fl- like to focus on the characters or or have like a favorite character and you can tell and and you know you're going through the journey with them. What I love about Jonathan overall is the fact that he obviously focuses on story, right? This House of X powers of 10 stuff is all plot. I okay? like it's but he puts the characters in situations where, yeah, the plot's happening, but he's he's given everyone an equal chance to shine. Like Cyclops, when he you know, goes against the, you know, F4, he gets oh, to shine. Oh, do you shine. like seeing Cyclops stuff? Do you like seeing I Cyclops do. stuff? I do. I do love seeing I, like, I really like seeing. I really like seeing Wolverine stuff, personally. And no, it, and Wolverine, too. Like, Wolverine gets a lot of moments to shine in House of X and Powers of Ten. Like, and and Jonathan's rendition of Wolverine is awesome as well. 
he what Jonathan I think is doing is he's creating again he's creating a world where the characters have to sort of reform or adjust to the situations that they're placing it and we need writers like that sometimes we need writers who you can you can tell that he doesn't have a uh, a sort of bias towards one or another you're you're getting an equal spread from pretty much everyone and again everyone gets a chance to show off what who they are in 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 House of X and Powers of Ten. And some we need guys like that, right? Like I, I love it when when writers have no biases, but you're still enjoying it because the story is awesome and the characters and how they respond to the plot and the story is also awesome as well. Definitely, definitely, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> is and yeah, like we got the year 1000 stuff too. When we finally get Ascension and we get the Phalanx. And we get this these really weird Jonathan Hickman-like character designs where it's like, oh, we finally went off and ascended and, and created our own stuff. Like, these dystopian, utopian, whatever the word is for, for these random futures, they're just, they're just really fun to look at. And, and it's crazy because you know that they're going to come back in some sort of former way. Like, the Phalanx stuff looks a lot like our good old pal Cypher. Like with the yellows and the and the weird technarch stuff and, and how that's all co coordinated. It is it's yeah, it's just it's just flat out amazing with what the with the world building and, and how all of these years combine and stack atop against each other. But man, like I really wanna study them and continue to figure out like what the heck happened to Mutantum where we got to this part. Yeah. What and it's like so far in the future it's it's like huge speculation and they don't really they don't really let us know do they? They don't. And again, cuz he's Hickman and you know he doesn't leave any plot threads hanging. That's actually I think one of his strengths as a writer and why people who tend to have story over character sort of work like that. Sometimes I think in comic books you'll have writers who will who will focus on the characters but they'll forget stuff that happens in the story so you're like Oh yeah, this guy got this power, but then it got. But what, with Hickman, and this is again, this is very true in his F four Shield Avengers, New Avengers, up to Secret Wars. He mm. doesn't leave anything hanging. He everything is answered Nothing. by the end of his run, like from that that period from two thousand seven to sixteen, where he was essentially he built he built it up to something grandiose and special. I like the fact that I, I know that Hickman's just not going to say, "Oh yeah, here's this weird future." I'm never going to reference it again. That's not who he is. And so no, when you so no. when you got especially with these dope characters that he's brought in, the these these, you know, half magic, half half colossus looking chick, you know? Like we need more of that. I want more story. How did they get to this point, you know? Like we need this. And he's I not going to leave us hanging. You're right. He he won't do that to us, man. I don't think he could do it to himself. You know? <laughs> no, he owes it. He owes it to every single X Men fan who I think has sort of struggled over the past ten years as far as the X franchise go, being in limbo. You know, the who knows who has what rights to the franchise and the characters and these you fill in stories. And I and we both talked about this at the comic shop where it was like, yeah, they were planning this you know, from the onset. Like Hickman X Men was going to be a thing yeah. for you know the, the past couple of years and. Yeah, we need. I think if Hickman were to say like, "Oh yeah, let me just leave this uh, plot," no, he's not going to do that. I, I'm I've got no. faith up above, and and hopefully, and and the head of X, I think, will answer those <laughs> those prayers and he's all. He's not that. a mini series guy. He's not a maxi series guy. He is a big picture. Let's rewrite the whole book guy. No, he's rewrite the whole encyclopedia guy. You know what I mean? Like he's big, and he's got. He, <laughs> cut that last big out that was stupid um he knows what he's doing and i can't wait to see what uh what he does i i we, how many times have we said that we should have a counter in further episodes that counts how many times we say i can't wait to see what he does next i can't wait yeah we are going to put up I, I, when we go live on youtube guys which hopefully will be i, I don't know when but once I build something, we can. Uh, we'll have a counter where every single time Dylan says, "I can't wait to see what Hickman has planned and upcoming next," 
we're going to have a ding and then it's going to go up by one and two and three and so on and so forth because i we just have to have yep. that uh that's brilliant yeah. actually did you just come up with that or? no like i that would yeah let's do it that like that sounds like a ding we got we brilliant. that would be Fascinating. No, I want an air horn. Let's do an air horn. We'll do it. All right. Horn. All right. He wants an air horn. Uh, we'll probably after the... after pe- people that are watching this on YouTube now have already been hearing this air horn and they have no idea why they're even like it's being counted and now they're knowing why. That's that's the funny thing. So uh, I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he does next either. And before we end off this episode, guys, we need to talk about the last issue again of the the six issues that we are covering. House of X number three. How, how could oh. we forget? How could we forget? Okay, my boy Scott, the best leader of the X-Men, is leading a team of mutants. And this, this is actually a side note, but I like the fact that Xavier has... has, has refer, Hickman references Xavier as Scott's father. Xavier's like, son, you make me so proud. Not gonna. I, I think that's interesting and cool because Scott... Xavier's technically has been has been his one father for the past you know, how many years, right? That's he, his dad, yeah. his actual dad got captured by the Shi'ar Empire, and you know he gets brought into the orphanage and you know, eventually becomes one of Xavier's leading students. I just find that in, I like that tidbit. I, I actually appreciated that tidbit from Jonathan. Yeah, well, I mean, he, <clears throat> I mean, we do know, like, obviously. Cyclops' dad is in space, you know, but he was, he was raised by Xavier, Xavier's his dad, and he, he's learned so much from him, I, you know, he, he's honestly, like, if we're gonna really break it down, he, he Cyclops is just better than Xavier, for a lot of reasons, just yes! because of Xavier yes! raising him, but Xavier's a dick, okay, do not get it, we do not stand Xavier, I, I, I was always a Magneto guy, you know, always, always, always. I always believed in him. All right, I always had his back. Yeah, Scott is—he's got a team of a lot of people who I consider, you know, some of my favorites. Like I love Kurt Wagner. He's going on along in this mission, okay? Like I love Nightcrawler. He's got Gene going along with him. He got Logan. Nightcrawler, uh, yes. Archangel, Monet, M. Uh, I like to call her a husk and mystique going along on this trip to destroy the Orcus station set aboard the top of the ship, which is, well, hey man, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like they're going on the suicide mission. Uh, I what I, I actually love that at the end of House of X number three, uh, just uh, before, oh, man. Like when they get on, it's crazy. Like Kurt's bamfing. I see. I love. I, I I love Kurt. I love him teleporting. I love. He's swashbuckling. He's got a sword. Like I I just want to meet someone who doesn't like Kurt Wagner. Okay. I I love him. He's an awesome character. It's a shame he doesn't get many arcs where he gets to shine, but he's always there to support, and I love him for that. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <clears throat> Um, you can't go wrong with a swashbuckling elf demon thing that can tra- teleport in midair, you know? I mean, it's just, it's, it's the way to go, you know? That's, yeah, you're absolutely right. When also, we get a snapshot to whatever's happening on planet Earth as all this is going along. We figure out that Cypher has created a, a mutant alphabet that we'll cover in the next episode because we, it gets touched more in there. But man, okay, so I know you love Emma Frost. I love, I don't love her character, but I love, like, read, whatever she's in, I enjoy reading because she's got that, like, sassy, what is it called? She's got that sassy, like, woman who dominates the room vibe when she just, like, enters. Like, when she tells the cuckoos, like, no, call me the White Queen, and she's just, she's just lecturing, like, the crowd. Like, they got, they got Sabretooth captured in court and he's he's doing all this and emma's just like he's ours what you mean <laughs> it's so awesome <laughs> exactly yeah and way to and way to just to fix it you know fix the arguments fix everything because now we can't ar- sit here and argue oh he should be with her 
no, he should be with her, no, she should be with him, no, she should be with him. No, he's co- covered all the bases. He's covered I all love- the bases. He's stopping the arguments because he knows nerds yeah. like to argue. So he's like, well, no one can argue with me now. <laughs> Take that, Twitter. I love what Emma says, too, in, in this issue where she literally says, she, like, the woman, I think she, the security woman is pointing a gun to her. Emma literally is just like, normally, I dominate that little mind of yours and make you stick that gun where your last boyfriend let you. But I've been told the art of diplomacy is about equalizing power dynamics, so why don't you pretend that some larger American purpose is actually being served here today, and I'll pretend like you could have stopped me. And she walks out in the room, walks out of the room with her with her daughters and with Sabretooth, and she's just like, "It's a brand new world. Get used to it, darling." Yeah. <laughs> Talk about yeah, and just and just wow, you know, but in a good way, in a diplomatic, I'm a bad bitch way. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I like Emma so much. She, <laughs> I know she, <laughs> she okay. All right, very- I'm telling you right now. They, she took a DNA test. Turns out she's 100% that bitch. All right. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. When, whenever Emma lights, like a well written. Canon. She's got the X gene and she's that bitch. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I love that. Yeah. It's so much fun to read. Well, yeah, guys, this issue unfortunately ends with, with, with what we think is the destruction of the Orca station. One of the doctors <sighs> of the station, Alia Gregor. Uh, it's trying to yeah. tell her husband, okay, we got mutants on board, make sure everything you know, everything goes well, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but then uh, her husband is like, well, there's bad news. Uh, they've hit the station. Uh, we're going to, and yeah, and she, and then the station explodes. And what will happen? Are these mutants dead? Is is my boy Scott dead? Is Logan dead? Is Kurt dead? Is Gene dead? Like, are all these guys dead? Like, We'll find out in the next episode of Dom of X. Speaking of which, guys, thank you so much for listening to the first episode. It means a lot that you actually are here, guys. Uh, this is something big that we were, we've been planning, I guess, for a while. And uh, just Very talking wild. X-Men, just talking X-Men is just awesome. Like, again, totally. I was just flat out, <laughs> flat out astounded with just the pages and everything that that was going on in this book. And it's part of, again, why I've decided to become a true believer uh, in the past year, Uh, which again is crazy, which again is crazy. Um, But again, you guys have no idea how I just wanted him to read just single issues and he refused. Okay. One shots. He said, no, sorry. And now it's like, yeah, sure. It's Marvel. All right. I'll try it out. Uh, but none of this and guys would be it's a whole new, whole new world, world. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed a whole new world for the x-men but this whole new world wouldn't have been possible without the guys over at the grand geek gathering please go check yes. out all of their content guys at the grand all the amazing podcasts all the amazing articles literally everything you need for your nerdy geeky needs we've got them over at the grand geek gathering and again thank you for them uh, for hosting this amazing, amazing show, uh, and and check them out on the show. Discord. Check them, check them out on Discord too. The Grand Geek Gathering Discord is pretty lit, guys. It really is. It's awesome. Uh, I'm in there. Uh, you got to see me, but uh, also, yeah, Dylan. Uh, thank you for joining me on this this first episode, and hopefully more to come. And yeah, I couldn't have picked a better dude. Uh, besides you, man. Like it is. We are gonna have, I think, just an amazing ride with whatever is next on Jonathan Hickman's plate for X-Men. Because, again, the possibilities of this new status quo, it's endless. It's that big. It's that grandiose. It's that epic. I'm running out of adjectives, but you get my point. Totally. Totally. And, you know, thank you so much for getting me to read all this stuff. You know, I I knew I wanted to, but, like, I'm glad that I, like, sat down and, like, analyzed it with you and talked about it. And I can't wait to see what they do in this whole series. Same here, guys. And so, yeah, guys, uh, thank you again for listening to the Dom of X uh, with, again, me, the professor, Professor Dom Torres, and Dylan. Uh, and we will see you on the living, on the living island of Krakoa the next time.